Hi, I'm Paul Jay. Welcome to the analysis.news. Please don't forget, there's a donate button at the top of the webpage. I've been calling the events of January 6th a coup within a failed coup. I'll have to revise that now to a failed coup within a failed coup. In short, Trump's coup failed, and it seems so did Mitch McConnell's. Here's some of what we know about the events leading up to January 6th. On September 17th, around six weeks before the elections, Steve Bannon appears on the Tucker Carlson show and calls for war starting on November 4th after the Democrats steal the elections from Trump. Carlson is, of course, nodding his head in agreement. There should have been no surprise with what happened after November 3rd. It was all planned in the open. The Democratic Party has traumatized their base. They're not going to come out to vote. And so somehow they have to concoct a, some effort to steal this election because they're not going to get people to come out and vote on game day, the 3rd of November of this year. And that's what I've been I, working I, on for the last couple of months. I was never going back. I was never going back to the campaign. And that's where these guys messed up. My platform's bigger now. My voice is bigger. I've got more resources. And all we're focused on is to make sure that so, the progressive so I, left and the corporatists cannot steal, cannot steal the election from Donald Trump. I'm more focused than ever. We're kicking off a national tour on Monday called The Plot to Steal 2020. They're not going to stop my voice in assisting President Trump and making sure that this election that he's going to win on the third is not stolen from him. Huh. And then maybe the real contest begins. Steve Bannon, I'm glad that you came on. Thank you that's very when, much. That's when the war starts. I, I, Thanks, I'm, beginning to th I'm beginning to think that's true. Of course, Democratic Party voters did turn out, but much of that was by mail-in ballot. After November 4th, Trump calls the vote results stolen and a fraud and launches dozens of lawsuits challenging the results. The war is on. Majority leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell, plays along defending Trump's right to challenge the results. He later claims he was told that Trump would eventually concede. As we get closer to January 6th, when Congress will certify Biden's election, Trump gets more desperate. He puts enormous pressure on the Secretary of State of Georgia to reverse the Biden win. He does this even though Georgia doesn't represent enough votes to change the results of the national elections. Clearly, he needs something to give his claim of fraud some validity. Trump ally, retired General Michael Flynn, that is, recently pardoned General Flynn, calls for military intervention and martial law. Ten former secretaries of defense take the coup attempt seriously and issue a letter organized by Dick Cheney, no less, warning military leaders not to get involved in election results. On January 4th, the Financial Times editorial board says an attempted coup is underway. The plan seems rather apparent. Trump will instigate the crowd that rallies on January 6th to go to Congress, where the militants in the crowd are organized to storm the building. Bannon and others thought there would be similar riots in state capitals around the country. Trump expected the military to intervene, declare martial law, and new elections. Why didn't Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and the Senate Sergeant of Arms 
heed the warnings of the chief of the Capitol Hill police and the D.C. police and a ton of other intelligence that the right-wing militants plan to storm the buildings. The sergeant of arms of the Senate has primary oversight of the Capitol Hill police, and he reports to McConnell. Why didn't they insist on a proper security perimeter? It could be made up of National Guard or regional police who were actually called in later in the day. If they were so worried about the optics of the military standing in front of all these protesters, they could have hidden the military or police forces in the vast basement tunnels under the Congress, only to emerge if needed. This is common practice in such cases. The question has to be asked by this point. Did McConnell want the chaos to take place? McConnell must have known by then that the military wouldn't intervene in the way Trump hoped and that there just wasn't enough security to deal with the crowds. When the military doesn't play ball with Trump, Trump decides to call the crowd into action anyway. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. They all say, sir, we'll never let it happen again. I said, that's good, but what about eight weeks ago? You know, they try and get you to go. They say, sir, in four years, you're guaranteed. I said, I'm not interested right now. Do me a favor, go back eight weeks. I want to go back eight weeks. Let's go back eight weeks. We want to go back and we want to get this right because we're going to have somebody in there that should not be in there and our country will be destroyed and we're not going to stand for that. The radical left knows exactly what they're doing. They're ruthless, and it's time that somebody did something about it. And Mike Pence, I hope you're going to stand up for the good of our Constitution and for the good of our country. And if you're not, I'm going to be very disappointed in you, I will tell you right now. Looking out at all the amazing patriots here today, I have never been more confident in our nation's future. Well, I have to say, we have to be a little bit careful. That's a nice statement, but we have to be a little careful with that statement. If we allow this group of people to illegally take over our country, because it's illegal when the votes are illegal, when the way they got there is illegal, when the states that vote are given false and fraudulent information. But I said, something's wrong here. Something's really wrong. Can't have happened. And we fight. We fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. So let's walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I want to thank you all. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you all for being here. This is incredible. Thank you very much. Thank you. By now, Trump is delusional enough to think he'll emerge with a win out of the bedlam, knowing that millions of Americans believe he's been chosen by God. As he once said, he could shoot someone in plain sight and wouldn't lose voters. So why should he worry about storming Congress? By the January 3rd letter from the 10 former secretaries of defense, most of the financial and other elites were ready to dump Trump, as seen by McConnell, Lindsey Graham, and Vice President Pence, 
agreeing to certify the results of the Electoral College. Trump had outlived his usefulness and was now seen as a liability. At a time when McConnell should have been insisting on massive security, does he use the optics argument to do nothing? Even on January 6th, it appears McConnell held back. If there's any doubt about the chain of command or how McConnell responded on the day, here's a January 10th report from the Washington Post of an interview with Stephen Sun, chief of the Capitol Hill Police, done after he had resigned. The Post report states, quote, at 3.45 p.m., Stenger told Sun that he would ask his boss, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, for getting the National Guard authorized more quickly. Sund never learned the result. Now, let's do that one more time. It's very important, and it's kind of gotten lost in all the coverage. The Washington Post reports, at 3.45 p.m., Stenger, who was the Sergeant of Arms of the Senate, told Sun, the Chief of Police of Capitol Hill, that he would ask his boss, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican from Kentucky, for help getting the National Guard authorized more quickly. Sun, the chief of police, never learned the result, end quote. Again, ask his boss, Mitch McConnell. Does McConnell think, after four years of eating Trump's excrement, and pandering to his whims that by letting the chaos reign and blaming Trump, McConnell will finally be rid of the Donald? Does McConnell see an opportunity to pry free the Republican Party from Trump's maniacal grip? Perhaps the most startling evidence of this coup and how the elites had turned against Trump is that the Capitol was breached around 2 p.m., and at 3.34 p.m., the American Manufacturers Association, who had supported Trump for four years and received all the tax cuts and deregulation they wanted, only 90 minutes after the doors of Congress are breached, issue a statement calling on Vice President Pence to invoke the 25th Amendment and remove Trump. How could the AMA do such a turnabout so quickly? Was the plan to use January 6th to disgrace and weaken and remove Trump in place prior to January 6th? Had Trump's insane refusal to peacefully transfer power threatened the investor's paradise that is the United States? Volatility is good for the markets up to a point, but martial law and the overturning of American democracy, that's in quotation marks, was going too far. In the middle of the COVID pandemic and deepening economic crisis, the elites needed some rationality back in charge of the country, that is, after milking the Trump presidency for everything they could. Why there isn't more focus on McConnell may have something to do with the fact that it may open a can of worms for the Democrats. While the Senate Sergeant of Arms has the more senior duty, the Sergeant at Arms of the House shares responsibility for overseeing the Capitol Police and answers to Nancy Pelosi, the Majority Leader of the House. There are claims that Pelosi was lied to about security planning, 
But at the very least, shouldn't she have been more vigilant? Pelosi is just as savvy as McConnell. Did she really not know how weak the security preparations were? If the questions about McConnell are pursued as they should be, there's some serious questions about Pelosi's role in all this too. Did the House Sergeant at Arms not keep her informed of the planning? Did he lie to her? This is what Acting Chief of Police, Yogananda Pittman of the United States Capitol Police, told the House Committee of Appropriations on January 26, 2021. This was a closed-door hearing. The transcript was released by the New York Times. Pittman's statement reads, let me be clear, the department should have been more prepared for this attack. By January 4th, the department knew that the January 6th event would not be like any of the previous protests held in 2020. We knew that militia groups and white supremacist organizations would be attending. We also knew that some of these participants were intending to bring firearms and other weapons to the event. We knew there was a strong potential for violence and that Congress was the target. The department prepared in order to meet these challenges, but we did not do enough. Based on the information we had about the event, the department changed its, its existing operational plan for January 6th. It required all available officers to be working that day. It increased the number of civil disturbance units scheduled to work the event from four to seven, including four hard platoons equipped with less lethal munitions. It activated its SWAT team to extract violent demonstrators or those with weapons from the rally to engage in counter-sniper activity. It also adapted a new security perimeter based on instructions it received from the House and Senate Sergeant-at-Arms. Let me read that one again. It also adapted a new security perimeter based on instructions it received from the House and Senate Sergeants-at-Arms. Additionally, on January 4th, former USCP Chief of Police Stephen Sund requested that the Capitol Police Board, and the board is made up primarily of the two sergeants at arms. This is my filling in here. I'm carrying, now carrying on with her statement. Requested that the Capitol Police Board declare a state of emergency and authorize a request to secure National Guard support. The board denied the request but encouraged Sun to contact the D.C. National Guard to determine how many guardsmen could be sent to the Capitol on short notice, which he did. That's the end of the acting chief's statement. Why did the two sergeant-at-arms deny the request? Clearly, a decision was taken not to include the National Guard in creating a more robust security perimeter, even though they did talk about what the perimeter would be. Are we to believe that the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms took this decision without consulting Mitch McConnell? Remember, on January 6th, the Washington Post reported that the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms wouldn't call in the National Guard without talking to his boss, Mitch McConnell. Is it possible he didn't also consult McConnell before the 6th? The acting chief of police says in her statement, the Capitol Police, quote, adapted a new security perimeter based on instructions it received from the House and Senate sergeants at arms, end quote. Did the House and Senate sergeant at arms not consult with McConnell or Pelosi before issuing instructions 
that led to such a weak and porous security perimeter. If McConnell's plan was to let the chaos continue, knowing the military wouldn't step in, was there also a plan to delay the National Guard from calming down the situation? To be clear, I'm not suggesting McConnell had anything to do with organizing the riot, but did he just let it play out without enough security to defend the Capitol? Why would McConnell do this? Okay, I'm speculating here, but as I said above, this was an opportunity to slam Trump on his way out and blame him for the insurrection. To so discredit Trump, he'd lose sway in the Republican Party and make McConnell the focus point for going forward. Oh no, McConnell can't be that smart to work this out. I'm sure some of you are saying that. This is just a conspiracy theory. Well, please remember, these are the people that organized a conspiracy to fabricate weapons of mass destruction and launch the Iraq war. This was child's play compared to that. Remember who organized the letter of the 10 former secretaries of defense, Dick Cheney. He knows a thing or two about conspiracies. Why did Trump fall into McConnell's trap when he knew the military was not going to come to his rescue? Perhaps his megalomania, he couldn't let go of the moment to incite the crowd. Perhaps he was afraid his fascist base would turn on him if he didn't give such a speech. In fact, there are reports that the Proud Boys have now turned their back on Trump because he since critiqued the violence and didn't give them pardons after so inciting them. Who knows what goes on in the mind of Trump, but step into the trap Trump did. Maybe Trump will have the last laugh if he's not charged with sedition and treason and continues to be the major power player in the GOP. So if this was a McConnell coup against Trump, it failed. Trump was impeached but won't be convicted by the Senate, and he remains the dominating force in the Republican Party. McConnell can't afford to get too much on the wrong side of the fascist mass base, yet still please his elite bosses. It's a tightrope he so far knows how to walk. Why does Trump remain so powerful in the GOP even after these events? Because he represents the forces of rising fascism. As I've said before, he's the buffoon tip of a serious fascist spear. There is a mass base for Trumpism, just as there was for the racist and militarist Ronald Reagan. This is a truth that everyone has to face. The Wall Street-friendly policies of Clinton and Obama only strengthened these forces. One doesn't exist without the other. Will Biden be different? There are times when the irrationality of capitalism is more fully revealed, where the shroud of American mythology is shredded by events. We are in such times. The storming of the Capitol buildings and the attempted coup was enabled by four years of big capital fawning over Trump's favors and nurturing his megalomania. Larry Fink, who runs BlackRock, the massive financial firm with $8 trillion under management, and is a Democrat, said a couple of years ago that Trump had ticked off everything on Wall Street's bucket list. Combine that with their acquiescence toward Trump's criminal mishandling of the COVID pandemic and climate crisis denial. As I've said before, the billionaire class is not fit to rule. According to mainstream news sources, the United States came close to a coup. 
Of course, the events of January 6 were outrageous, but even more threatening was Trump's attempted recruiting of the military to declare martial law to keep him in office. Remember, 10 former secretaries of defense thought this was a credible threat, or why issue their statement? The Financial Times said a coup was underway. Will there be a public and transparent investigation that doesn't try to sweep these facts away? Will Trump and others, including members of Congress, be charged with treason and sedition? Unlikely. That wouldn't support the myth of American stability. Wall Street, the American Manufacturers Association, wouldn't think it's good for business. Hell, coups only happen in third world countries, not advanced democracies like ours. Will it all soon fade into the collective amnesia that is American culture? Obama had a chance to bury the Republican Party in 2008, including charging Bush and Cheney with war crimes and not handing economic and health care policy over to Wall Street. Instead, the Democrats descended into the malaise of bipartisanship, which was exactly what the big banks wanted. Will we see this again with Biden? Or will a people's movement push him to drive through reforms that make people's lives a little better? With a policy and climate that doesn't pander to financialization and market forces and carries out a less aggressive foreign policy? We shouldn't have illusions about who Biden is. He won't, and frankly, at this point in history, can't be transformative. He represents sections of capital that will never give up their wealth and privileges. But the pandemic and the existential threats facing us are so serious, even the lords of finance seem to be aware of it. So far, the austerity hawks are still waiting in the wings. There is a possibility for some New Deal-type reforms as millions of people are sinking deeper into poverty. At least there's a more serious conversation about what's needed to face up to the climate crisis. Demanding Biden declare the climate crisis a national emergency, which it is, is an important initiative to support. Another front of struggle for the people is underway. This time, as Chomsky says, organized human society itself is at stake. 